welcome to the X-Files on the Grid podcast. I am Rachel. And I'm Tristan. And today we're going to be talking about season one, episode 11, Eve. I am pretty excited to talk about this one. This is definitely one that I remember watching as a kid, and it's a very, very memorable one and one that definitely left an impression on me as a kid. Um, so I'm excited to to go through the grid, talk about what works, what doesn't, really dive into to the nitty gritty of this episode. Uh, but before we do, why don't we talk a little bit about uh, just kind of our general memories with this episode or any associations or, or just kind of general notes um, before we, we delve into the grid. Uh, so do you want to do you want to lead us with that? Uh, sure. So one of the things that I remember about this episode, which I've seen more than a few times now, is that the actress who plays the the Eves, Eve six, Eve one through eight, I guess. There's another actor who looks almost exactly like her. Uh, and this was filmed in 94, 93. And I noticed this a couple years ago. So 2015, 16, 17. Uh, I was watching something. I don't remember what it was, but I saw what I thought was her. And unless she, maybe she hasn't aged at all in the last 20 something years, uh, or maybe there are multiple duplicates of her. And this is a real life Eve six situation. And this was like, this episode was a documentary. It wasn't even fiction. It wasn't (laughs) X-Files. It was a documentary about Eve six. Um, But whatever the explanation is, there is another actress who looks astonishingly similar to her all right which i i'm sure that's kind of a weird thing to remember and <laughs> uh but that's what i remember that is very specific uh, the actress by the way uh, i don't know who who the doppelganger is that you're thinking of uh, but the actress in this episode is harriet samson harris i'm sure we'll be talking about her quite a bit in some of the categories of the grid i'm probably instantly going to forget that name but harriet harris um, so for me, I definitely, like I said at the, at the top, I definitely remember watching this episode as a kid, and it definitely left an impression. I remember being in third grade. I specifically remember it was third grade because that was the year that I started writing. Like I, I discovered writing, and like every recess, I was writing okay. this novel that I was working on, which was basically for anybody who's read or who's uh, watched Bob's Burgers. <laughs> Essentially what I was writing, it was not erotic friend fiction because I, I was in third grade, but it was blatantly, it was, it was friend fiction that was heavily, heavily inspired by X-Files. So all the girls in my class, we were all FBI agents solving crimes. Awesome. Um, it was pretty awesome. Um, but after watching this episode, I decided to make it like my life goal to fit the word exsanguination into anything possible. Um, which which went beyond this book that I was writing. Like at least there, I could kind of be like, I'm going to put a plot line in where somebody gets exsanguinated. I think I even had cattle mutilation possibly thrown in there. It was just a hodgepodge of All everything. third graders write about cattle mutilation <laughs> all the time. I, I wasn't weird at all. But no, to make things worse, I'm pretty sure I would just be like having casual conversations with people and find ways to bring up exsanguination. <laughs> Um, my teachers had to be scared of me. I was, it was, it was a weird thing. It was weird. Um, but I just thought it was the coolest word and I felt so smart using it and I just thought it was awesome. Yeah. Um, so that's one of my biggest takeaways from this episode is, uh, exsanguination. 
There you go. So we're both uh, we both got weird takeaways from this episode. Yeah, that's that's accurate. Um, so on that note, then should we go ahead and dive into the grid? Uh, yeah, let's do it. All right. Uh, so the first uh, the first main category for uh, the X-Files on the grid is going to be writing. And the first subcategory in there is going to be mythology character development. Um, and this one, I don't know about you. I had kind of a hard time with this one because I definitely, I love this episode so much that I was just like, I got to give everything high scores because I love it so much. Right. Um, but with mythology and character development, there's really not much that it does with either. Like it's a purely monster of the week episode. There's almost no, if, if any character development really with, with Mulder or Scully, um, a few little itty bitty tiny little things here and there. Uh, But for the most part, really no character development. And as far as the mythology, nothing contributes to the overall mythology. Um, So I had a hard time because I got by, by everything I just said, I'm like, this should just be a five. But I can't give something like that's I I just couldn't justify that in my head because everything this episode does, it does so well. So I kind of um, (laughs) explained it away in my head of like, well, might not contribute to the overall mythology, but it does contribute. Like this is one of the earlier monster. It was one of the earlier episodes, period. This is only episode 11. There's only been a handful of monster of the week episodes. And I feel like this definitely set a new kind of monster of the week it's you know sorry the first time we see evil kids it's the first time okay i guess that's really the big one but you know and there, there's it, it just set a good standard for monster of the week and i felt like in that regard it did a little bit for mythology okay the mythology of monster of the weeks i guess it's a stretch i know yeah, i probably that's... should have just given it a five but but i gave it a 6.5 6.5 okay which is still pretty low for this episode. I wanted to just give it like an eight. I'm like, but this episode's so great. Um, so I kind of split the difference. <laughs> All right. Well, that's interesting that you said that it should get a five. Well, I mean. So logically, that's probably yeah, the best. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting you said that because I actually did give it a five. And I agree with everything you said uh, about why it should get a five. But I think that it actually, I think this is the first time Well, maybe it's not the first time. I don't know. But we kind of see Mulder and Scully more like babysitters or parents. Yeah. Uh, uh, Like there's a little a little scene where uh, Mulder and one of the little Eves, Eve nine or Eve (laughs) ten is at the cash register paying for something. And he hands her like a five dollars like, hey, you want to pay? And she's like, oh, yeah, that's that's what all kids want to (laughs) do or whatever. I used to work retail. Kids get a kick out of it. I don't know yeah, why. It's, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, it was it was kind of neat to see them more as, like, babysitters rather than, like, the, uh, you know, jumping fences and running around with guns and flashlights. Well, they did that, too. They did that, too. <laughs> I mean, it is X-Files. You can't, yeah. you can't avoid that. But it was a little, a little more homey, a little more... I don't know, fatherly, motherly, babysitterly. I really don't know what it was, but it was a little different than what I think we have seen so far. I agree with that. So that's why for me, it didn't get below expectations because it did show Mulder and Scully uh, uh, in a slightly different way that we haven't seen before. Seen before. So I bumped it up a little bit to a five. (laughs) That's fair, I suppose. I do think um, that that was something that I noticed as well with with character development, that I do like 
that we see, especially Scully, that we get to see this different side of her, that she has this, you know, she can connect with kids and she can, right. you know, get down to their level in a good way, you know, not be condescending and be kind of a, a comforting figure for them. And obviously if Mulder and Scully show up, it's probably not the best day of their lives. So, right. You know, <laughs> they she, had a pretty rough day. <laughs> yeah. So, so I like that we get to see that side of her. Um, I didn't feel like we saw enough of it to warrant a huge bump. Uh, but like you sure. said, you bumped it up to a five and I guess I kind of bumped it up to a, to a 6.5, partly because of that and partly because of uh, just setting a high standard for Monster of the Week episodes, essentially. Yeah, I think if it weren't for that little scene at the cash register and a few other tiny little things here and there, this would definitely be below expectations for me. That's but fair. But that, that tiny, tiny little bit made it meet expectations. Fair enough. What did you think of the next subcategory, the plot structure and pace? This one, I really liked it. The pace especially. I think it, it moves along really, really nicely. There's a lot of like, you know, missed racks, like, like, oh, like yeah. who, who's after these kids? Oh no, it's the kids that are evil. I guess that's the main. So there were a lot of Mr. Rocks. I guess there's really just the one, but it's handled. Well, there's a few, nicely. like at first it's, oh, it's the aliens. It's the, the cloud man. And then like, oh no, it's the, the, the crazy Eve mothers who's doing all this. And then like, no, it's the kids. And, and then we just kind of watch that happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think there's a, a decent a fair enough number of Mr. X for a 44 minute TV show. Yeah. I did think there were a few too many. Um, I still gave it a very high score for, for this subcategory, but I did think it, there were a few too many like plot conveniences or just things that I was like, wait, what? Like there's uh, like, you had mentioned the, the lightning, like the, She's like, oh, it was red lightning and the men from the clouds. Like, are we to believe that she can read Mulder's mind? And she knew that he wanted an alien? Like, how, or did they, like, how close were they to the door when he mentioned aliens? Were they talking about it in the hallway? Does she have heightened hearing? Like, how are we to believe that she knew to say that? Yeah, that's interesting. I think and it never to, came back up. Sorry, I, go ahead. I think I'd have to watch it again to see if she picked up on something. Yeah. Or maybe it's just... I, I don't know. It could be something she saw on TV, you know, blame it on aliens. I, yeah, I don't know. Awfully big convenience. Yeah. And red lightning, that doesn't even seem to correspond with, with yeah, anything in the that's missiles. true. I don't know where that came from. I don't know. I just thought that was was strange that she said that. And then there was even just the, um, you know, the whole, like, we just knew thing. Like, that's right. that's super creepy, and I like it. Yeah. But at the same time, there's nothing really supernatural about these kids. They're just, like, genetically engineered, and genetic engineering wouldn't give you any kind of, like, telepathy or... I guess they don't necessarily call it telepathy, right. but, like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not premonitions, but, like, uh, precognance or something. Yeah. Uh, whatever is supposed to be going <laughs> on is just, like, that doesn't really makes sense and that they would know to kill their parents on the same day at the same time exactly the same way like that's all super creepy great x-files stuff but given the the premise of the episode i don't feel like it was explained well, which kind of bothered. like i said still gave sure. this category a really high score but there's just things like that where i'm like that doesn't quite track yeah i i get what you're saying that didn't bother me too much because i've read stories of like long lost twins and when they meet they're both wearing the same thing and they both married someone with the same name and they both have yeah. one dog and two cats and all kinds of 
preposterous coincidences which this is taking it a little far like oh yeah we both killed our dad in the same way at the same time <laughs> on the same day twinsies like that's a bit yeah. much but you know if you don't think about it then it's not a problem and i guess I that's suppose. that's how i watched this episode yeah i suppose that's how i watched the episode too because i still gave it an 8.5 i still consider <laughs> uh largely because the pace was so good yeah that it really didn't you know, the little questions here and there. It's not like I spent the whole episode being like, wait, when are we going to get back to Red Lightning? It was just kind of by the end of the episode. I was like, oh, yeah, they never got back to that. How did she know to say that? And oh, she's just a kid who lies. But about something so specific that, of course, Mulder would be interested in. Twinsies. Mm -hmm. Twinsy powers. But that doesn't even track because it's not like the twin knew either. And the twin didn't have the same story. So it's not something that they both just knew to say. Yeah. Which is why she must have overheard something, but I don't think they were talking about aliens in the hallway, but now I don't remember. Because I suppose heightened hearing could be one of their one of their things. Could be. I don't know. Um, I also gave this subcategory a fairly high score. I gave it a 7 out of 10. Exceeds expectations. And again, like you said, for the pace, there wasn't a lot of... Un well, yeah, I don't think there was anything that was really like completely unnecessary or that was like way too slow or yeah there there was just I, I have no complaints about the pace all right good deal how did you feel about the outer goals and the emotional needs of this episode this one was a bit tricky because i think it basically didn't exist for Mulder or scully i mean maybe it did for the eaves so you could look at it that way that's interesting. I didn't think about that. Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe maybe that's just sort of a cop-out. <laughs> um, I don't think so. Because I do think this episode, in an interesting way, is more about them than it is Mulder and Scully. I think all the best Monster of the Week episodes are. Right. Well, Squeeze wasn't that. Well, it was still his outer goal. I don't know. That's backtracking several yeah. episodes back. but I, I think a good number of them probably are. Yeah. I don't know, because I do think they have, they don't explore it enough for this category, at least for me, to get a super high score. Right. But I do think there's definitely, like, a, um, like there's the conversation where the, the young Eves are like, oh, we weren't born, we were created, we don't have parents. Right. And then the older Eve was like, no, you can't think like that. We're human beings. We have to be treated like human beings. Right. And now I'm going to raise you and, you know, raise you the way that I was raised so that you can have this normal life. And so I do think there's like this, like, oh, there, you know, where is that line between birth and creation? I guess, or like, it gets into this really interesting yeah, um, area as far as like cloning and and things like that, which I was going to get into a little bit later. But like, so will I? Like, Dolly the Sheep was 1996. Like, this was before that even, and they're playing up on these, you know, the ethics of cloning and what does that do to people who are cloned? And I mean, obviously, there's more at work going than cloning. It's you know, eugenics and right. gene manipulation and all kinds of crazy stuff happening. So it's, you know, more than just that. Uh, but yeah, I didn't really tie any of that in with the, the hour goals or emotional needs, but I do think there's an emotional need for the Eves. Like, I mean, they are mentally unstable. They're suicidal, they're sure. homicidal. And so maybe they just have a, an emotional need to have a normal life, to be treated like humans or to embrace what they are and not go that route and just be homicidal crazy people. I don't know. I don't think they touch on it quite enough, but it is interesting. Anyway, I completely hijacked your your conversation, but 
Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't even really remember where I was going. So uh, I was going, I'm going wherever you're going. What did you, um, I was just gonna say, I, I, I originally gave it a 6.5. And then after talking about mythology character development, I realized I basically had the same argument for this category. So I was going to knock this one down to a five. Um, But then after what you were saying about the ease and how their outer goals and and emotional needs maybe drive the the plot more than Mulder and Scully's, uh, that kind of made me change my mind. And and I think I'm going to keep it with the 6.5. It's still not, I think it could have been explored a lot more and been a lot more interesting. Um, and I also, my original note, my original rationale for giving it a 6.5 instead of a 5 when there's not a ton as far as outer goals and emotional links go is that, like, for Mulder and Scully, at least, the outer goal is to solve the case. Sure. And this is a really interesting case. So even though that's all there is to it, I yeah. felt like that in and of itself was kind of like, that's, that still exceeds expectations because this case is so interesting. Right. And it's, you know, it's a great plot. Okay, so, so maybe, it, yeah. it gets points for the outer goal. Yeah. Uh, and don't worry about the inner inner stuff. Yeah. Because it's not really trying to do inner need stuff. I think it is a little bit with the Eves, though. Like, I like okay. what you were saying. Yeah. I think it could have gone farther and it would have gotten a much higher score had they leaned a little bit more into that. Because I think there's some really interesting stories to be told there. Um, sure. Well, but, I think yeah. I think that's interesting that you were going to give it a five, but you bumped it up to a six point five, which is exactly what you did for the first subcategory, which I was going to give a three, but I bumped it up for five because for this category, I was going to give it a three, but I bumped it up to five. <laughs> that's a lot of numbers that I just rattled off. I don't know if anyone could keep track of that in their head. <laughs> you can fix that in editing. So, yeah, I think we pretty much agree. Um, there's not this this subcategory just doesn't really apply that much to this episode uh, with Mulder and Scully, maybe it applies a little bit to the eaves overall. uh, If it didn't apply at all to the eaves, then this would definitely be below expectations, but I give it a little bump because it does apply to the eaves. So that brings it up to five. All right. Fair enough. So that's going to bring us to genre cliches and tropes. Uh, Do you have any, any notes for this one? I do. I have two notes. I think they're pretty good notes. One, like you've already mentioned, is the creepy kids. And there's an earlier episode where a kid gets abducted, and the, like that's kind of creepy, and that's kind of weird. There's not a really conduit. Is that the one? Who's yeah. The abducted sister and the creepy kid. Yeah. But he wasn't evil. He was just kind of creepy. Yeah, it was like, well, something happened to this kid, and he's he's a little off. He's not evil. He's not like scary. He's not harming anyone. He's just watching static TV and. <laughs> drawing ones and zeros so that's pretty weird but it's not evil whereas this this is creepy kids oh yeah this is evil evil. this is murderous diabolical you know they're thinking 10 steps ahead this is creepy evil kids and i think this is the first episode that does it and it does it really well uh this also uh mentions in vitro fertilization ivf which was a really big deal at the time. You mentioned cloning and Dolly. Uh, even before that, uh, IVF was a big deal. And, oh, yeah. And people like had arguments about, like, are these real people? Oh, yeah. Are they humans? Test, Do test they have babies. Yeah, yeah. Test, tube t- test tube babies. Do they have a soul? Are they real p- people? Are they blobs of flesh? Like, that was a big thing. I vaguely kind of remember that. I think I was a little more towards the, the tail end of that. Yeah. Uh, when I was aware of that, at least. 
but yeah, that's a real, that was like a real issue that people had to grapple with and wrap their heads around. Yeah. Um, and this episode just straight up in your face. Here it is. Yeah. And that's an issue that's going to come up in more than more episodes than this one. Yeah, I think we got to wait a while for the next one. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Uh, So I, for those two reasons, I ranked it very high. All right. Uh, I also ranked it very high. um, And the first note that I have is, is the same as you. Creepy kids, evil kids. First time it's done. It's done super well. Sets the bar high. That in and of itself bumped the score up really high for me. And then just in general, this was just a great monster of the week episode. Very similar to, to my reasons for, um, mythology and character development, which now that I'm looking at it, I think I was double dipping. I gave genre cliches and tropes a really high score for being a great monster of the week episode and then convinced myself to give mythology and character development a 6.5 for the same reason. But I think I'm going to give, I'm going to give mythology character development a 5.5 because it really, that extra 0.5 is for, for seeing the more maternal and paternal sides of, of Mulder and Scully, which okay. I liked, but it really didn't do that, that was a stretch. That was just because I liked the episode so much and wanted <laughs> to give it high scores, um, which I which I w- was aware of and thought I could convince myself that it was okay. But I'm going to stay true to the grid and knock that down. <laughs> but that said, I did give John McLeod Jason tropes. Um, I gave it an 8 out of 10 for, for those two reasons. First Evil Kids, an excellent Monster of the Week episode and, and kind of introducing... Yeah generalized tropes or like an episode structure for those monster of the week episodes and and doing a great job of it setting the bar high yeah this this was a solid category for me eight out of ten yeah i gave it a nine out of ten outstanding i'm glad we agree on that what did you think about the dialogue in this episode this is an interesting case for me for uh, for an x-files episode because there really weren't much in the way of like Mulderisms and Scullyisms, which right. which when I think of a great X Files dialogue, that's where my mind goes. So I was gonna give this a little bit of a lower score, but then I remembered like all of the great dialogue, especially with the adult Eves, and especially the one at Eve Six. Oh yeah, who was like that's true. like the crazy one. I mean, they were all crazy, but like she had some fantastic dialogue. And um, even the the younger Eves, like the we just knew, like that's a famous, you know, everybody, any X Files fan, you can say that too, and they'll know exactly what you're talking about, probably. Like that's just a very well known X Files line. I feel. Um, so I mean, there's there's definitely some good stuff going on with the non Mulder Scully characters, and Mulder and Scully's character, like their dialogue wasn't bad. It just wasn't that witty, fast, you know, back and forth. You know, there wasn't much of that. Sure. Right. Um, but I liked all of the other dialogue so much. And I liked the way, um, going back to the in vitro fertilization, I liked the way they handled that exposition because 1993, they could have gone way over the top with explaining what that right. was because, you know, a lot of people probably didn't know the science of it. Or maybe they did. It kind of got to be, you know, pretty mainstream in like the, right around the time this episode came out. Yeah, I think that was like a news topic. Yeah, because I know I actually did some research. I was going to mention this a little bit later, but I might as well now since I'm kind of getting into it anyway. (laughs) Um, But uh, uh, so with in vitro fertilization, like the experiment started on animals in like the 50s. Right. Mm -hmm. And in 77, we have the first birth of a test tube baby. That was a big deal. Human. Yeah. Okay. 77. Um, Yeah, I think the first animal was like in the 50s or 60s. But human, first human birth, 77. 
and then, you know, really progressed throughout the 80s. So in 1992, they figured out how to extract a single sperm and then use that to fertilize eggs. And then it was pretty much like, oh, now in vitro fertilization is the like blanket answer to infertility, whether it's the woman or the man who is infertile, sure. like it opened the door. So like 1992, like that was when the gates opened and, you know, it was essentially obviously not quite a cure-all for fertility, but the, the closest we'll probably ever come to, yeah. you know, yeah, if, if you have issues and enough money, we can probably make something happen for you. Might not be your egg, might not be your husband's sperm, but we can make something happen for you, sure. you know? And it's better um, than the shotgun approach of a vial of eggs, a vial of, of sperm, mix them, cross your fingers. Exactly. Maybe you get one kid, maybe you have octuplets. Exactly. Um, so it definitely changed the game. And that was 1992. And then this was like the tail end of 1993. Um, so, so coming off of all of that, like they easily could have gone way into the explanations of like, what is it exactly that we're doing? Let's, let's explain and it is definitely, like nowadays, you can just say, oh, this was in vitro fertilization. Okay, most people are going to at least have a basic understanding of what that is. You don't need to explain anything, really. Right. They have the, the picture in their head of the uh, stock photo of the scientist with the test tube. And yeah. Like, yeah, they know what it is. It's science, egg, sperm, babies. Sure. Exactly. Which is pretty much all you get in this episode. Right. Which is which is all you need. And yeah. so so I thought the exposition in that regard, as far as, as dialogue was handled really well, especially when Scully goes to talk to the doctor at the clinic. Um, that yeah. scene could have been super awkward. Where they're walking up the stairs and he's explaining it. Yeah. Exactly. I, I thought the same thing. Like, how are they going to go with this? Yeah. Is this going to be like a five minute science lecture or? Right. Yeah. But I thought they handled it really well. So for all, anyway, yeah. for all of those reasons, even though this episode didn't have the, the wit that I expect from an X-Files episode, it definitely had... The, the creepiness yeah. and the science both handled in, in really, really well ways. It wasn't dumbing anything down. Even things like, you know, like, oh, we have duplicate chromosomes. Here's the ones that are duplicated. It's like that she could have gone into way more right. details to be like, what exactly does that mean? Which, side note, that probably wouldn't have the results they were. So, like, duplicated yeah. chromosomes is where you get, like, like Down syndrome and, and all kinds of genetic right. conditions. So I'm not sure just duplicating five chromosomes would do much um, positive things. Um, it's like but, a pseudoscience you know. thing. Like they have more strength, right? Yeah. <laughs> they have uh, 10% more chromosomes. That means they have 10% more strength and 10% more intelligence, even though tomatoes have like 151 <laughs> chromosomes or something. So anyway, yeah. Speaking of dialogue, I gave it a seven. Wow too low or too high i wasn't expecting you to be quite so surprised i am quite surprised and here's why there was uh no role molderisms or scoliosms none of the classic x-files i guess the eaves were okay uh yeah the exposition was handled okay but that's i think x-files is pretty good at that usually this one just felt very lackluster this really? one for me compared to other x-files episodes even the early ones was below expectations. I give it a three out of ten. Really? I think that may be the largest difference we've ever had. That's one of the bigger ones for sure. I really liked the dialogue. I loved the, especially Eve Six. I love that scene where they go see her in the penitentiary or wherever she is. Yeah, maybe if I watched it again. Hmm. Three. Wow. 
I could see going as low as a five because it, do, it it doesn't have that wit, like I was saying. But right. it, I don't know. I feel like there are three factors with X Files. There's creepy, there's science, and there's wit. A great sure. episode of X Files has all three. This one had two out of the three. That's still a pretty good episode of X Files. That's a pretty good way of looking at it. This was below expectations for me. Hmm. All right, you're a must-need-all-three-points-of-the-triangle kind of guy, I guess. It's all or nothing. Or at least need the wit. You'll probably do with the wit and not the other two. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> I can think of a few specific episodes that prove you are right. Uh, so overall, for writing, overall, I gave it a 5.8 meets expectations. Which it did have, one of those uh, subcategories was a 9. But one was a three. Yeah. So it came out to 5.8. All right. Uh, mine was a 7.1. Exceeds expectations. Okay. Um, which just seem a little bit high. Um, but I really like this episode. And I think, uh, especially things like plot structure and, and genre, everything that I gave, gave high scores to, um, it's a really solid episode. I would have given it higher because I feel like it deserves it. But... Technically speaking, looking at the subcategories, I recognize that it's not a perfect episode by any means. Sure. But I thought it did a lot of things really well. I liked the writing for this episode. All right, so that's going to bring us to the next category, which is going to be technical. And the first subcategory within this category is going to be acting and casting. How did you feel about the acting and casting for Eve? Oh, wow. Well, first of all, I think the acting and casting was outstanding. I'll just say it right off the bat. Uh, I think the casting uh, is amazing. The little Eves look just like the Mama Eves. It is... Really? See, I didn't... That's. I think they look close enough. That was one of the only reasons I didn't give it a perfect 10, is I thought they looked too different. At the I very least, their hair colors were completely different. Well, you know how women are. And all the adult Eves change their hair to the exact same color. Twinsies! <laughs> One of them's been in a hospital for however many years. Three years, did she say? Well, back in the 90s, you know, hair color was made with asbestos and all that stuff. So it lasted decades. <laughs> I don't know. I thought, for me, they looked very, very similar. Like... They did have the same yeah, eye color, very, I noticed, which I appreciated. Yeah. I feel like that's something they could have easily been like, eh, whatever, it's fine, no one will notice. Right. Although they didn't do the same for hair color, so I don't know. Uh, anyways, <laughs> I think the casting was uh, spot on. They look very similar. This is one of those episodes where a lot depends on the kids. Yeah, and it's always risky. Move. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, risky is the perfect way to word it, because if if it's bad, it's really bad. But when it works, it, it pays off really well. And so for both of those reasons, um, uh, the acting and casting of the little eaves and the big eaves, uh, I give this a uh, uh, an outstanding 9 out of 10. All right. I also gave it a 9 out of 10, actually, for, for pretty much all those reasons. I almost gave it a perfect 10. Um, and the main reason I didn't is, is, like I said, I didn't think they looked quite enough alike to to get a perfect 10. And I thought that the the young Eves, uh, they were they were great for their age and for not being. I mean, they weren't trained actors; they were just random twins they found in Vancouver. They're like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> seems good. So I mean, they they lucked out; they did a great job. But they definitely 
were a little stilted at times and, and at times they were supposed to be because they were sure. little kids putting on a show. But even at times when they weren't supposed to be doing that, it just, it just seemed like they were like, Oh, these are untrained kid actors. Mm-hmm. Um, they still did a fantastic job and it's, it really surprises me that they didn't go on to be actors um, in anything else. I think I looked at their IMDb page years ago and it was like one or two other things. But yeah, so I gave it a nine out of ten. I thought it was was outstanding, but uh, held back from perfect. Even though I considered Interesting. it. Interesting. Okay. Speaking of outstanding nines out of tens, what did you give cinematography? Not a nine out of ten. Although I'm not sure what kept it back. Uh, I did really like the cinematography. It definitely had a lot of flashlights, which I love. It had, you know, they're outside in the cold. You can see their right. breath, which I love. It's, not quite as good as fog, but it still gives that texture to the air that I'm a, a sucker for. Yeah. Um, so I had those kind of things. I, I mean, lighting in general. If it, if it was just lighting, I think I would have easily given this an eight or a nine. Um, but the camera movement, I think maybe just didn't quite do it for me. Although now that I'm thinking about it, there was some great like rack focuses and. Um, There's great what? A rack focus where it like starts, it's focused on something close up and then it shifts the focus to something farther back okay. or vice versa. Uh, I think when they go visit one of the twins uh, in Massachusetts or wherever the, or Connecticut. Yeah. When they visit her, like in the, wherever she was. Connecticut. Like, well, yeah, but I mean the facility <laughs> that she was at, like the foster home or whatever it like, or childcare services, I guess it like, you see the, you know, close up of the girl, then she looks to the door, and then it rack focuses to Mulder and Scully. Okay. Um, so there were little things within camera work. And there was also like at the beginning where it's, you know, Mulder and Scully, Scully talking, like she's sitting down and he's standing up. So you're looking down on Scully and up at Mulder, which I thought played with an interesting dynamic between them. Um, so now that I'm talking about it out loud, I'm not sure what held it back. Um, I'm going to give it, I, I originally gave it a 7.5 out of 10. Um, but I think you're right. It was outstanding. Um, so I'm going to do an 8.5 out of 10. I changed my mind. I guess you kind of okay. already told us what you gave it. But what did yeah. you think about the cinematography? I kind of told you exactly what I gave it. A <laughs> 9 out of 10. Outstanding. Um, I didn't notice the uh, changing focus thing. But I did notice that there was very few indoor scenes, except for like a few suburban houses, which to me is classic X-Files. You got suburbia and you got outdoors and... And I think that on X-Files, uh, the like interior of offices, like at best, it looks like an office. Yeah. Which is kind of lackluster. And maybe that's just because I've worked in offices for a <laughs> long time. So maybe if I worked out in the forest, I would be bored with that. I'd think, oh, man, those fluorescent lights are amazing. <laughs> I don't think that would happen, but maybe it would. But anyway, um, there was very few of the boring indoor locations and and boring lighting and there's just very little if anything that was boring there seemed to be more uh like maybe not harsh shadows and harsh bright lights but i don't know for some reason i feel like there's a little bit more of that and there was also a lot of close-ups on faces uh with the little eaves and the big eaves i gotta (laughs) think of a better mama eaves and baby eaves that's not any better i don't know uh, there was a lot of close-ups on faces, and which kind of pairs with the casting and acting. Because if you're if you're doing a close-up of a little kid's face, that's like doubling the risk. You're already yeah. taking risk with kid actors, and and you're doubling that with close-ups, and you're you're doubling it with them being the main characters, and so it's it's a big risk, and I think it paid off. 
Um, I think overall the cinematography was outstanding in this episode. All right. How did you feel about the editing and special effects? Well, there wasn't any special effects. Editing, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if there was anything that really stood out as something that I could identify as saying that right there is editing. That's good editing. That's bad editing. I don't know. Like, like even yeah. with a fight scene, I could say I like the editing of that or I dislike it. As anyone who has ever heard me talk about editing can tell, <laughs> I have pretty strong opinions on that. This, yeah. I thought it was paced well. I thought it flowed well, but I don't know how much of that is due to editing. And I can't, I, I, I don't know. So I kind of scored it pretty low. I gave it a three out of 10 below expectations. How did it go below expectations if it didn't do anything wrong? Well, there was no special effects. Did it need special effects? I boosted no, I don't the think score. So. Because I didn't think I needed special effects, and I could have shoehorned some in somewhere. And I well, appreciated that they didn't. What was uh, your score and your reasoning for that? My score, I originally, I originally gave it a six point five out of ten, and I did. That was another one where I was like, like, okay, let's be real. Even though I like this episode a lot, like, what did it really do? Um, so I ended up knocking it down just to a six, though. I just knocked it um, just to the to the very high end of, of meets expectations for pretty much everything you were saying. It really didn't um, do anything super fantastic as far as editing goes. Um, but I did really like the pace, which I think is largely the writing, but I think editing certainly plays a role in it. And um, and then, like I said, no special effects. And I think they, they could have tried to shoehorn some in somewhere, somehow. And I appreciate that they yeah. didn't. Um, so I, I, I gave it a six out of 10. Didn't do anything fantastic, but what it did do, it did well enough. Yeah, I, I don't know. Three seems awfully low. It does seem awfully low. <laughs> but it's your grid. You can do what you want. I'll, I'll think about it. All I'll right. uh, let that ruminate for a bit, but I'll update you if I change the score. All right. So while you're thinking about that, how did you feel about the sound and music? Uh, I didn't really notice it very much. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of chase scenes. There wasn't a lot of like really creepy stuff going on. Eh, I I gave it a five. That's completely fair. I thought pretty much the same thing. Um, but this is another one I, I considered giving it a five because I literally, as far as music goes, I didn't notice it once. Um, so for that reason, I considered giving it a five or maybe even a little bit lower because that's usually mm -hmm. not a great sign if you don't notice it. Especially at all. for X-Files. Especially for X-Files. But that said, there most likely wasn't any of the 90s synth that we keep hearing because <laughs> um, I think that would have snapped me out of it and sure. I would have heard it. And, and the music must have, uh, I kind of rationalized it in my head. It's like, well, the music must have been subtle enough and appropriate enough that it didn't stand out and yeah it's a shame we didn't get any of like the classic creepy x-files music or if we did it was you know too too drowned out or too subtle or whatever whatever the case may be or maybe the episode is just so well written i just wasn't even paying attention i don't know yeah. but regardless i probably should have gone with the five but this is another one i did give a 6.5 out of 10 to which i feel is appropriate for this one um because like i said if uh, if there was anything really bad, it definitely would have stood out. So I figure if it was something that I was able to kind of accidentally ignore, it must have been appropriate for the scenes and uh, nothing too obtrusive, which I think for an episode like this was was appropriate. 
So yeah, I pretty much have the, the same feelings as you, but was willing to, to boost the score a little bit by especially giving it the benefit of the doubt. Um, and then I also thought the sound effects and all that. I mean, there weren't really sound effects, I suppose, but the sound mix seems good and okay. I don't know. Everything seemed well balanced, so so I gave it a 6.5. Okay, that sounds fair. What about aesthetics? Did anything stand out? You have any notes? The only I did write a note it just says perfectly creepy and not too nineties. <laughs> um, I mean, it was definitely like those matching red outfits that the twins are wearing yeah. at the end. So it was pretty nineties. Uh, it's something. But, I got a note on that. But I feel like it was almost like a throwback to like creepy sixties horror movies or something like it, or almost like. Uh, like the twins from The Shining, they weren't wearing outfits like that, but right. I, I feel like they were kind of, because they were but like, it was like super iconic, over the top, this is what fictional little girls wear yeah. while skipping on the street or on the sidewalk. But I mean, that's what Eve Seven bought for them to wear. So like, it makes sense that she would be like, whatever, like, like oh, I guess this is what I should get for them. Okay. Like, she's not exactly stable, or she was the most stable of all of them, I guess. But I don't know, she's going around kidnapping kids. I was like, well, I guess I got to dress them alike so people will think it's the same kid or whatever her rationale was. And Twinsies. Yeah, I mean, it kind of made sense. So I don't know. I liked that aspect. And the, like you were saying earlier with all of the, the sets and locations, like it was a lot of exteriors and the interiors that we got were very mixed. Like you definitely got... Uh, I mean, you have the backyards of the girls, but both yeah. look very similar, which I actually really liked because twinsies, I guess. But, yeah, that's the theme um, of the episode. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so having the, you know, the matching backyards kind of thing was nice. Um, but then you have like the diner that they go to and that weird, like like a yeah. truck stop diner. With, truck like, stop diner, exactly. Yeah, so, so I liked all that. It just... Uh, it just hit all the right notes for me. I, I really liked the the look and feel of this episode. So I gave Aesthetics a perfect 10 out of 10. Wow. I also really like this episode um, for a lot of the things that you mentioned, um, especially with the, the, the truck stop diner and like the suburbia homes. And like I said, there was no boring locations. Uh, I do have two notes. One is that Mulder's TV watching glasses it's like his reading glasses that we've seen a few times before. And I don't know if we see them beyond uh, season one, but he was wearing them while watching TV. <laughs> is that a thing? I don't think that's a, th I don't know. Maybe it is. I suppose it depends on what you're watching and how close you are to the TV. I don't know. It just struck me as kind of, kind of weird. Cause it is, I do forget that season one has Mulder, you know, whipping out his reading glasses when he needs to smarten it up, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, Scully, too. They both have their glasses. Yeah. I guess I always pictured Scully up with glasses, though. Hmm. I don't know. She's nerdy like that, I guess. <laughs> but anyway, that just kind of stood out as, like, a thing that I noticed. I don't know. I don't even know if it's good or bad. Just something I noticed. <laughs> and the the little girl's dresses. Yeah, my note here says, Lil Devil Dresses. <laughs> Right. It's like the uh, kind of the, the older picture of like the devil with like a red cape and like a red suit. And like it just it was almost like a, a Halloween costume. It was so preposterously red. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, I'm... Little devil dresses. <laughs> I think that's a perfect description. 
I suppose. I think it was more so trying to invoke like a little red riding hood, like, oh, they're the victims, but wait, no, they're the wolf. I think was maybe what they were going for, but I don't know sure. what they were going for. <laughs> It just, it was like so over the top that it seemed like a Halloween costume. <laughs> but anyway, I, yeah, for all the reasons you said, um, I think this was a nine out of 10 outstanding. So we're, we're very close on that score. So what Fair. was your, what was your overall technical score? My overall score came out to an eight even outstanding. Wow. Mine came out to a seven even exceeds expectations. All right. So for both of us, uh, was your technical higher than your writing? Yes, by more than one point. I was slightly less than one point. All right. So that's going to bring us to memorability. Uh, do you have anything of note to, to talk about with this episode as far as its memorability? This is one of those episodes where, like, if you wanted, if you asked me to list, like, my top 10, this would not be on it. If you asked me to list, like, top I don't know, 100 episodes, I, this probably would not be on it because I would forget about it. Really? But then once you're like, oh, remember that episode with Eve? I was like, oh yes, Eve, that, that crazy chick who's in the, the, the cell and they have to use the flashlights and she has those weird drawings on the wall and those creepy twins. And like, I would remember it once you remind me, but at, like if I was just sitting down listing off x-files episodes i don't know if i would remember this wow that is surprising to hear yeah but then once 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 you jog my memory yeah i, I totally remember this huh so how does that translate to a score for you <laughs> <laughs> uh i give it a five out of ten wow we have maybe some... it should even be a little bit lower because this is season one so i'm sure i've seen it ten times but like i said once 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 you, you just mention eve it's like, yeah. yes, I remember that. I'm sorry to disappoint you. That does kind of, disappoint is a strong <laughs> word. It surprises me. I am surprised by that score. I think this is a, a very, very memorable episode. And I think, I mean, to be fair, a lot of it probably comes down to the age I was when I first saw it and just being a kid, you know, third grade, watching this episode and being like, clones? like messing with genetics like this is yeah. fantastic evil kids that's so creepy like it just it was the first time I had really been uh exposed isn't quite the right word but the first time I guess aside from there, there were clones and loaves and Clark the new adventures of Superman which I did watch whenever that was new <laughs> um, but I feel like that was probably also right about third grade so this might have been first I think huh. like Lois and Clark was maybe mid 90s more than early 90s um, so yeah, this was really like my first introduction to a lot of these like big sci-fi slash ethical societal, whatever, like huge, opened a huge door right, for me right. as far as, as like sci-fi goes. And it definitely piqued my interest. Like I said, exsanguination, I was like weirdly <laughs> obsessed with. And just even aside from that, like just the, the idea of clones and the idea of genetic engineering, yeah. like all of this stuff I just found fascinating. Um, so I think for all of those reasons, and yeah. I'm also, I'm definitely a sucker for the evil kid trope. There's, there's nothing creepier than evil children. It is a trope for a reason. And when it, when it's pulled off badly, it's awful and stupid and silly. You can make fun of it all day, yeah. but when it's pulled off good, that's some great English. When it's pulled off well, I'm glad you, <laughs> I'm glad you said something. Cause I wasn't sure. I paused because I wasn't sure if I was going to say something. And then I saw the look on your face. And I'm like, eh, he's not going to let it go anyway. 
but yeah, when it when it works, it works, and and it works in this episode. So so for all of those reasons, like this this is one of the most memorable episodes. Certainly one of the most memorable of season one for me. It's up there with Squeeze as far as great monster of the week episodes. Wow, okay. Um, I love this episode, and and I think it's it's extremely memorable. I was really excited to get to it for this review. So yeah, I gave it I gave it a perfect ten for memorability. Wow. Okay. <laughs> cool. So then uh, that's going to bring us to overall enjoyment. And I pretty much already said all of the same notes that or all, all of the same reasons that this episode is memorable or all of the reasons that I enjoy it, which probably explains why it's so memorable to me. If I didn't like the stuff it was doing, I wouldn't have enjoyed it and I wouldn't have remembered it. So sure. I, I guess they're more so than a lot of other episodes. These these two categories are really tied for me, both both literally and not literally, I guess, because I, I gave a moral <laughs> enjoyment to Perfect Ten as well. Um, but yeah, it's just they're, they're very, very similar. I, I love this episode, therefore I remember it really well. And I probably have seen it more times than, than even a lot of the other season one episodes that I've seen a bunch of times, because this is definitely one. If I get an itch to watch X-Files, this is one that comes to the top of my mind. It's like, wow, okay. like what am I going to watch? X-Files. What episode? Huh. What about Eve? That's a good one. Like, it's, you know, okay. it depends on my mood. A lot of times I go for the funnier episodes if I'm just picking ones out of order. Sure. Um, but if I'm looking for a good Monster of the Week episode, this would be probably top five. At least top ten uh, as far as some of the best Monster of the Week episodes if we're not overlapping Monster of the Week with comedy, because some of the comedy ones are also Monster of the Week. Yeah, uh, yeah I can see how you could categorize them differently, because they're so different. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, perfect 10 for me. I'm worried about what you're going to give it. Oof. <laughs> Brace yourself, because I give this a 7 out of 10. That's exceeds expectations. All right. Yeah, maybe, maybe when I was saying it uh, about the memorability, maybe that uh, was a little harsher than it really is in my mind because like I said it's one of those things that like I guess it's on on the top of your list for good episodes if you just wanted to watch a, a good episode of Monster of the Week whereas I kind of forget that this episode exists but then once I see it I'm like oh yeah this is a good episode I like this um, especially since it's one of those episodes where Mulder doesn't really know what's going on in the beginning which he kind of tends to know everything like five minutes into the episode which i mean he usually is wrong though i feel i feel like nine times out of ten he's wrong scully's never right but Mueller's. yeah well i yeah i don't know yeah maybe he is uh and, and maybe that's okay because he has like all these files and he has no life outside of <laughs> x files but i i actually do enjoy this episode i think it's a pretty good episode it's well done it's enjoyable. I give it a 7 out of 10. Exceeds expectation. All right. Fair enough. Did you give this episode any extra credit? I did. I gave this episode four points of extra credit, which might be the most Whoa. I've done so far. I, yeah. I found several things. Before I get into that, did you give this one any extra credit? I only gave it two points. Okay. So let's let's alternate. So There's it's not some just overlap, me. I'm sure. Maybe it might. Well, maybe one. I'll save that one for last. Um, I definitely gave this this one an extra credit point for the exsanguination. Yeah. And and just that that memory of, of making that my own personal word of the month for a while in sure. third grade and probably creeping out all my teachers um, for good reason. It's a creepy thing for a third grader 
Uh, but it's a, a positive memory, or at least, you know, when I watch this episode, I'm like, oh, man, I remember thinking I was so smart <laughs> and so cool and not at all creepy. So that's the first thing I gave. I gave an extra credit point for. And then in the interest of, of me not just talking for five minutes straight, I guess we can alternate. <laughs> you want to give one of your points? Yeah. Okay. Sacramento! Yeah. That was one of mine as well. Yeah. This, this episode... Mention Sacramento. It's where I live, and it's a city that I, I really like. And it's always kind of surprising, which is weird because it's the capital of, like, the biggest, like, the most populated state and, like, the, the biggest economy within the U.S. But for some reason, it's like people forget that the city exists. Yeah. Not anymore, thanks to Greta Gerwig. Yeah. But. But in the, in the early 90s. Yeah. It was, it was like if you saw a map of the U.S., there would just be like a blank space and like, <laughs> here be dragons. Like, people didn't even know Sacramento existed. But we do, and we have creepy kids. So take that, the rest of the country. When we had one of the creepy kids, and she was in Marin County. She was visiting family in Sacramento. So... All right, so there you go, so, so Sacramento. We have, we have no creepy kids, never, ever. Yeah. <laughs> Sacramento is uh, creepy kid-free. What's the next thing on your extra credit list? Uh, I also gave it extra credit. This is pretty silly because I'm not even, like, a fan, but I gave it an extra point for Eve 6. Yep. Yeah, that was yours also? Yep. I just think that's cool, and uh, I guess I'll say I just think that's cool, so... And I guess you did too. Is there anything you want to add? Because now I'm just trailing off. I don't really have much more to say. Nope. I I couldn't hum a single one of their songs right now. I, I don't know what any of them are. If I heard it, I'm sure I would recognize it. I had I quite a few hits. probably should have done that before I started talking about <laughs> them. But I did not. Fair and enough. that's what I've got to say about that. All right. Um, and then my last one, we already talked about this quite a bit in uh, in the writing category, but I gave it an extra credit point uh, just because of its uh, this episode's place in, in the timeline, I guess, as far as like in vitro fertilization and, yeah. and cloning, how it you know really took these complex scientific topics and created this story out of it. And it didn't feel, I mean clones were crazy so i guess you could easily take away a moral of a story of like see this is why you shouldn't clone people um or or same with in vitro fertilization sure. or genetic engineering whatever ethical issue you want to pull up i'm sure you could draw that out of it but it wasn't explicitly saying like oh this was evil because of this this and this it was just like oh this was a failed experiment and that's messed up because it involved humans but it wasn't like oh you shouldn't clone people ever that's wrong right or, oh you shouldn't you know, in vitro fertilization is wrong or, you know, it wasn't, it, it wasn't, it didn't seem anti-technology, I guess is what I'm saying um, right. or anti-science, which, which for this time period was really cool. Cause like you were saying, like there were ethical issues with IVF, there were ethical issues, certainly with cloning that I remember, I mean, 1996, I was like eight and I still remember hearing about Dolly the sheep and, yeah. you know, what's next cloning people? Well, they have souls. And like, that was literally a question. I mean, I went to a pretty religious school, uh, which is putting it lightly. So, of course, those questions were put more <laughs> bluntly in that environment. So, of course, I was aware of it at six years old and or I, eight I, years old. But and I doubt it was posed as a question. I mean... Or maybe it was. Anyway. It, the question of whether or not they had souls was very much so a question 
But the question of whether or not people should be doing these things was not a question. That was like, you should not be playing God. This is wrong. But as far as the outcome of do clones have souls, that was a little bit more, at least from what I remember, maybe because I tended to be a little bit more, a lot more, I hope, open-minded than that school. So I think even as a kid, I was asking questions that they didn't encourage us to ask. (laughs) Um, So maybe that was part of it. But anyway, this is getting very specific yeah. and less about X-Files, but, um, but that's part of why I gave it the extra credit point is because it can open up these discussions and, and talk about things even 25 years later. And, uh, it just has an interesting place in history as far as, um, mostly those issues of, of IVF and, um, and cloning. It, right. Yeah. It's interesting. I, I like it. I thought it was really interesting when I was in third grade. And I think it's really interesting now um, for very different reasons. Some of the same, but some different. Um, yeah. So those are my four points of extra credit. Um, you said you're two already. You six in Sacramento. Yep. All that's right. It. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then I guess on that note, what was your total score for Eve? Uh, the overall total score is 64 even. Wow, this I think is for sure our biggest discrepancy yet. Uh, 64 even, so that's in the exceeds expectations, but the, the lower end? Uh, correct. All right. Uh, mine was a 91.75. Whoa. Outstanding. That's I, almost a 30% difference. Yeah, wow. that's a big I mean, granted, my memorability and overall enjoyment were both perfect 10s. And my writing and technical yeah. categories were both um, fairly significantly higher than yours compared to usual. I, I gave this episode four nines. I gave it more than that. <laughs> I gave it three tens. <laughs> well, I, I didn't mean it as a, as a challenge. <laughs> I'm just saying there's a lot of things about this episode I really did like. But overall, yeah. according to this grid, 64 exceeds expectations. That seems fair. I mean, it definitely sounded like, like it didn't leave as much of an impression on you, which is important when talking about these episodes. I think if something leaves an impression, I think that inherently means it would rank high on the grid. It's just figuring out why, what aspect of the grid left the impression and what didn't leave an impression. I think that's just as, as valid of a way of looking at it as anything when, when looking at it, you know, as far as a a rewatch goes, if we were watching it for the first time, obviously it would be a little different. And and that's that's true, and that's a pretty subjective thing. And it's hard to tell yeah. how much is the episode itself and what was going on in your life or absolutely whatever silly little thing it could be. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Had this episode not used the word exsanguination, maybe it would have gotten <laughs> 20 points lower. <laughs> All right. Well, is there anything else you want to add about this episode before we wrap it up? No, I think we covered everything in this All right, so that's going to wrap it up for this discussion of Season 1, Episode 11, Eve. Uh, If you're interested in learning more about the Gritty Films grid rating system, be sure to check out grittyfilms.com slash the grid. And that's Gritty Films, spelled G-R-I-D-D-Y, films.com. You can also check out our Patreon page. That's going to be patreon.com slash grittyfilms. And if you could please like and review and share this podcast on whatever platform you use uh, especially getting some some itunes reviews would be super super helpful in in getting the word out and getting more listeners for the podcast so if you like what you hear that's a really simple way and and free way that you can help us out so that would be super super awesome and appreciative uh, or we would be appreciative of you uh, and now I'm rambling so I think that means it is time to sign off so we'll see you next time to talk about season 1 episode 12 fire